right, we are in John chapter 8. For those of you who were not here last week, or I guess two weeks ago, because we had a revivalist last week and we worked through the book of Ephesians with Brother Garrison, we just finished up working through some challenging passages where the Lord was speaking at the Feast of Tabernacles, and he was teaching the people, arguing with those who were trying to kill him, and he actually said to them, if they will not believe in him, they will die in their sins, because they have not believed in him. He ends that section two weeks ago. I want to read just a couple verses to remind you where we were and set context. When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He. What Jesus meant there is that He's the, the Christ. He's the promised one. He's the Messiah. And that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. And He who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to Him. And we just were amazed that not only does Jesus not sin, but everything He does is pleasing to the Father. As he was saying these things, many believed in him. That's where we pick up today. Verse 31, we're going to work through this verse by verse. For those of you who are new, that's what we try to do, is go through Scripture verse by verse, so that way I cannot dodge the challenging ones, and we can receive the full counsel of God. Verse 31, so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. I want to start off right here because I think this is extremely important. To ask the question, are you a believer? Do you follow Jesus? What it means to follow Jesus means you are a disciple. You are a disciple and you are to make disciples. That's what it means to follow Jesus. Sometimes, let me get a quick survey here. How many of you have ever questioned whether you're really a Christian or not? Anyone ever question that? I'm not really sure. Sometimes question. There may be some of you in here right now who are like, I've never questioned that because I know I'm, I'm not. I'm not yet following Jesus. We pray today that you will. There's some of you who maybe you've become a Christian you've never doubted. But what's interesting here is there are a few things, a few tests that God gives in His Word for us to know whether we are actually His disciples. And this is one of them. I want to tell you before we get into this today that I love you. This hit me a few times this week in a very hard way. And I want to encourage you with this truth today. To know if one way, to know if you are truly a disciple of Jesus, apparently, from what he says here, if you abide in my word. Now, do not get confused. You don't have to abide in his word in the same way so that you're going to become a Christian. What he's saying is, if you're a Christian, if you're really following, then you're going to abide in His Word. Okay? You first have to be saved by the Holy Spirit to do that. Okay? You need the Holy Spirit to come in and change you. But if you want to truly know if you are His disciple, then we need to figure out what that means to abide in His Word. Notice he doesn't say you need to just hear His Word here. He doesn't even say you have to like His Word. What he says is you need to abide. So, I looked up 
abide. Listen to some of the definition and other words that are similar. To remain stable or fixed in a state. To abide would mean to remain stable or fixed in a state. In his word. Stable, fixed in his word. To continue in a place. Right? Right now I'm not abiding, I'm moving around. There are some pastors, man, they get up here, they abide. Right here. I'm not wired that way, I've got to move around a lot. S- fixed in a place. Listen to this one. To conform to. Do you conform to the Word of God? To accept without objection. Yeah, it might hurt. You know, it's not the idea that you go through and you go, I like this part of the Bible. I like this part, but I don't really like that part, so I'm going to go and put that one aside. It's not a cafeteria. You accept it without objection if you are a disciple of Jesus. Other things, await, continue, endure, last, remain, stand, stay. This is the idea of abiding in the Word of God. It's not a quick go by and dip your foot in the pool as you walk by. It's not even jumping into the pool and then getting out and drying off. It's doing for some of you a very ugly cannonball, getting into the pool and abiding around in His Word. The problem is, I don't know about some of you, but that isn't always describing my life, it doesn't feel like. There's moments that I'm not really, it doesn't feel like I'm abiding. So what does that mean? Am I not a follower of Jesus? Have I lost my salvation? No. Jesus is clear. All that the Father has given me, he will not lose one. What it means is that we get weak sometimes. The question is, do you keep coming back to his word? You may drift away for a little bit, but do you come back to his word? Are you trying? Let me ask you this, because this might hurt a little too. Do you even want his word? If you say yes, or at least sometimes, good. If you say no, I actually never am interested in God's word. I've never remember a time that I have. I would encourage you, I don't know if you have the spirit of God inside of you. But I will say this, there are times... Some of you may have noticed that I'm not in the best shape of what I've been in in the past. Holidays killed me. I haven't recovered yet. I'm going to exercise, right? I'm going to exercise. That's what I'm going to do. When I exercised in the past playing ball and things, I actually enjoyed it. Any of you ever enjoy exercise? What's interesting is even though I have enjoyed it at one point in my life, I do not want to do it. I don't have a desire to get out there and do it. I know it's good for me. I know I need to do it. And I actually know that if I start doing it, I will enjoy it. It will feel good. I do enjoy it. Because of how I feel, what it does. It's just hard to get started. Let me encourage you, even if you're not feeling like it right now, if you're like, I just I don't want to open my Bible. I don't want to study. I don't want to go to Bible study. Let me encourage you, just like I'm trying to encourage myself, take the step in obedience. 
believe the Scriptures. Pray to God and ask Him, Lord, help me to obey. Help me to do this. Give me a joy for Your Word. Because if you do, that joy will come. I promise you it will come if you have the Spirit of God inside of you. If it's not there, ask God to search your heart and say, Lord, it's never been there. I need to become Yours. That's what Jesus is starting off with. But what's interesting is a whole people just said they believe. A whole people are following Him. And He starts right away to get personal with it. Right away. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in Him, Oh, you believe in Me, do you? Okay. Listen to this. If you abide in My Word, you will truly, you are truly My disciples. And look why. Look what happens after that verse. And you will know the truth. Abiding in the Word of God, you will know truth. How many of us want to know truth? Do you want to know truth? Right? right now there's a big debate. Does truth even exist? What's going on? We know that truth exists. Okay? Someone said, well, there's no such thing as truth. Is that a truthful statement? Okay, so they're contradicting themselves right away. We know that there's truth. How can I know this truth? What can I, how can I get it? Well, according to Jesus, if you abide in His Word, you will know the truth. And what's incredible is what that truth does. It will set you free. We're going to get on that in a minute. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him. His new disciples. He tells them something, and they're already arguing. They're not abiding. (laughs) They're already arguing. Let me submit to you, it's because they're not his disciples, and we've seen this throughout John as we've been walking through. Some of you haven't been here, but we've seen that there have been groups who have believed in Jesus, but then they went away. There's a difference, as we said before, to belief and true belief. They might think some things are true about Jesus, but so does Satan and so do the demons. It's different to be a follower of Christ. That's what he's saying here. He's drawing this line. So they already push back They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? What's actually interesting is that statement's not even true. Offspring of Abraham? The Israelites? Not enslaved? Do you know anything about the history of the Old Testament? Like, Thinking of uh, what? We have Egypt, Babylonians, Assyrians. During this time, they're under the Romans. Not truly free, but perhaps they are speaking spiritually. They might be saying, We are spiritually free. What's interesting is that's not true either, Scripture tells us. And Jesus will go on to explain that. But what's so sad is they don't even know it. Brothers and sisters, We're surrounded by a world of people who think that they're free. They think that they have truth, they know something about truth, and they don't. And they don't even know it. And we know it. How are we doing with telling them in a loving way? That's the loving thing to do, is to go and tell people. If we were to change all that and take it out of the spiritual realm and we knew everybody around us was dying of some sickness, and there really was a pill to give them that would save them, we would be out there saying, please, take this! You're going to die! 
But when it comes into the spiritual realm, it feels off limits sometimes. We get intimidated. We get scared. We don't want to ruin the relationship. We really need to think on these things. They think because they are the offspring of Abraham that they are not enslaved. So look how Jesus answers. Jesus answered them, truly, truly, which you know that means he's bringing it. I'll really tell you, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. Anyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. That's scary. What does that mean? How many of you are not sinners? Keep your hand down. Never sin. No. The key word in that phrase is practice. Practice. George, do you know how to juggle? Do I know how to juggle? Do you know how to juggle? No. No. Would you try? Can't you have Roy do this? I'll have Roy up in a minute. Don't worry. I've got something better for him. Will you, will you juggle those three? I'll do uh, two. No, no, three, three, three. Do three. Not quick enough. Here. <laughs> how many of you think that George has practiced at juggling? No, not much, right? Ooh. Ooh. Is that my first time? Yeah. I practice? Yeah. Was I in my office practicing? <laughs> oh, I got, got to act like I know what I'm doing. To practice anything that you've ever done, whether that's a sport or hobby or whatever, you've got to be intentional. You're trying to do it. You're not trying to stop doing it. What Jesus is saying here, if there is sin in your life that you're not even trying to stop, then you're making a practice of it. And if you're making a practice of that sin, you're a slave. You're a slave. Does that mean that we don't sometimes fall? That's not what he's saying. We all fall. There's nobody in here who's perfect. That's the point of the gospel. (laughs) That we need him. We need his death in our place for our sins. We need his resurrection. We need his blood. That's the point of the gospel. But if you're truly a follower of Christ, you would be abiding, swimming around in his word, obeying his word. That's truly what it means to follow him. And you will be fighting sin. It doesn't mean you won't fall in it. It means, are you going to repent, get up, and keep going, turning away from it and turning back to Christ? It may be the same sin. Are you repenting? Are you walking out repentance? And are you trying to get to Christ? Trying to move back to Him by the power of the Holy Spirit. What Jesus is saying to these people who just, all right, we believe in you, Jesus. They're saying, we're not... We're not slaves. What are you talking about? 
We're from the right type of people. We got the right forefather. Jesus is saying, you are enslaved to sin. It's incredible. Look what he, he continues on. Something that's maybe a little parable or something of the time, but what Jesus says is, the slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. A slave serving in a house would come and go. You don't have that same right as a son does. One commentator said it like this. You go in, the son goes in, sits down, puts his feet up. So if the son sets you free, you are free indeed. If the son, if Christ, God's son, sets you free, you're free. Free from what? Well, sin. But what about it? I know that's what you're asking. You're like, what about sin? Thank you for asking. I'm going to need a volunteer. George, you're going to be thankful that you weren't this volunteer. Brother Roy, if you'd come up. For those of you who aren't with us normally, Brother Roy gets to do this often. I'm actually going to have another prop. Brother Doug Maple, a deacon here, is not with us today. He was a former police officer. He let me borrow these. I do have the keys. I will be honest, they, they haven't been used in a while. He's been retired, and I was working on them all day, hoping I could get them to open. We'll see how it goes. I might need another volunteer. Caleb, will you come up? I'm going to do that with my son. <laughs> might be able to slide him off of him. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And um, Brother Eric, would you come up, please? From sin in particular, here's what I want to talk about. Because it's one thing to say you're free from sin. I want to get a little more specific. So, there's the penalty of sin. Do you know what the penalty of sin, according to Scripture, is? Death. We have physical death, of course, because of it, and spiritual death. So, <laughs> just put your head down just a tad. It's the idea of the penalty of sin. When the Son sets you free, you're free from the penalty of sin. You're free from death. If that were all, that would be great, but there's more. Kind of like an infomercial, but wait, there's more. <laughs> Been wanting to do this for a while. <laughs> I'm going to do them loose so we can slide them off his arms. There's also the power of sin. Different theologians have used some of these terms to help us understand it. There's the penalty of sin. There's the power of sin. What's incredible is at the, the penalty of sin, which is death, ultimately that's what we call, in the whole term of salvation, we call it justification, being made right before God. We then still live on this earth, and we have sanctification, which means we become more like Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. He continues to renew us. 
But what's interesting is everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin, and they are in chains. There's nowhere they can go. They have to obey sin. What's interesting is for the Christian, the power of sin has been taken away as well. Hopefully we can get these off. Got one. (laughs) Slide your hand up. Perfect. Stand here, stand here, stand here, stand here. Stay here for a sec. Sonic backpack. There's another part, and I thought for sure I was the first person to think of this, and then I Googled it. And there are many pastors before me that, has all, that have also talked about this, in particular A.W. Pink, if you're familiar with him. And he talks about the pleasures of sin. Eric got the right one. Not the sword, not the cuffs. He gets the ice cream with the ice packs. Take this spoon, nice and cold. The problem is, when you go to eat, there's nothing inside. Jesus actually frees us from not only the penalty of sin, not only the power of sin, where we can freely follow, we don't have to be tied to that, to even the false pleasures that we think come from sin. You reach out for those things, you think in your flesh, this is going to be great, I'm about to have some ice cream! And you eat of it, and it leaves you empty. Because it cannot fill what God can fill. Does that make sense? All right, you two, on the end, you can go back. Thank you. No, no, you're not on the end. Stay here. (laughs) There's a fourth category, which is even the presence of sin. And that's when glorification comes. That's when we die. That's when we go to heaven, and we're not even around sin any longer. We long for that day. Brothers and sisters, why do we keep living as if we're under the penalty of sin? Why do we keep living as if you are chained? You're not. He's not. He can get out of this. It's open. He can slide out. Brothers and sisters, it's open. You are not bound by Sin. You have the power through the Holy Spirit if you are walking in step with God's Spirit, if you are in His Word, if you are abiding in His Word, if you are in prayer, or if you are with God's people, you do not have to live here. You are freed from this. So live from it. Live like it. Thank you, buddy. Do these last two verses. We'll do the next section next week. Listen to this. So again, if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. I know, Jesus says, that you are offspring of Abraham. Yet you seek to kill me because my words find no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my Father, and you do what you have heard from your Father. As you heard during the reading time, he ends up telling them who their daddy is. Your daddy's the devil because, you, because his word will find no place in them. Does God's word find place in you? Do you abide in God's word? If you've never had that, today can be that day for you. You can cry out to him. If you 
do follow Jesus, but you have been living, trying to go to sinful things to get your desires met, or you are just living in bondage, or you're living under condemnation when there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus, I pray that today you would cry out to God and repent of that and walk in truth. Because here's the thing, naturally, we want to continue to try to earn our salvation Naturally, we, want to, we feel condemned. Naturally, that happens for us. The only way to battle that is to preach the gospel to yourself and have others preach the gospel to you. And you need to be in the word of God. That's your response today. Not a believer, become a believer. Be the best decision you ever make, I promise you. If you are a believer, think on these things. Long for the day that sin is not even with you anymore. The presence of sin is even gone. But until that time... We have to keep battling to remember these truths of where we stand in Christ. Let's pray together. We are thankful, Father, that you have shown us today that we need to abide in your word. Lord, help us, help me, help us to truly abide in your word. Holy Spirit, give us a desire to be in the Word, to memorize the Word, to encourage others with the Word. Lord, I pray for those who are here. If they they don't have a faith family, I pray that they would become a part of ours and walk through this together so we're not alone. For those who are visiting, those who have other churches perhaps that they are members of, Lord, I pray that they would be bold and help others to see these truths. Lord, we're so thankful that because of Jesus, because of his death, burial, and resurrection, we can be justified before you, that we can, not because of our righteousness, but because of the righteousness of Christ, be delivered from the penalty of sin, the power of sin, the pleasures of sin, and one day even the presence of sin. I pray for my brothers and sisters. I pray you help us all to understand these things. And as a result, as we meditate, as we think on these things, Lord, may it just turn into praise of your goodness towards us. We love you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Some of you know that today is St. Patrick's Day. And um, just real quick, uh, for those of you who know, who are the saints? We are. Anyone who is a Christian is a saint because you've been given the righteousness of Christ. Our, some of our friends haven't quite got that exactly right. But So Patrick is definitely a saint, just like all of you who are in Christ. And if you're not familiar, in the 400s, he was captured as a slave when he was a teenager. After six years while he was there in Ireland, he became, uh, he got set, uh, became a Christian. He escaped. Um, after that, he escaped. He, he continued to grow in his knowledge in the, the Lord and the Scriptures. And after 25 years, he actually went back to Ireland to preach the gospel and to um, try to save people. And um, many, many people became Christians under that. And he said this, Daily I expect to be murdered or betrayed or reduced to slavery if the occasion arises. Patrick wrote while serving in, in Ireland, But I fear nothing because of the promises of heaven. And so I'm going to read this. this some say this is attributed to him, this portion of um, this something called... Um, Patrick Shield, I'm going to read this as a blessing over you because I do think this part is, is good, whether he wrote or not. Christ be with you. Christ before you. Christ behind you. Christ in you. Christ beneath you. Christ above you. Christ on your right. Christ on your left. 
Christ when you lie down, Christ when you sit down, Christ when you arise. Christ in the heart of every man who thinks of him. Christ in the mouth of everyone who speaks of us. Christ in every eye that sees us. Christ in every ear that hears us. May you go in peace today in the presence of Christ. Amen. Amen.